Miley. We need some intro music. Ooh. <laughs> I like it, I like it, I like it. Women, get it. Okay, let's go down that road. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> There's a surprise at every turn. Woman, get it. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Woman Get In Podcast. I am Mandy. And I am Miley. And we are so... What's your adjective today? This is a real life pause. <laughs> your your sp- <laughs> your speakers did your your shit just didn't stop working. <laughs> this is real. This is all real time. We're gonna leave all the dead air in there. No. The people are always like, "You guys are so fast, and your episodes are so on top of it." And it's just like, no. "Go, go, go! Fire, fire, fire!" And I'm like, Miley edits out the dead air, yeah. and and the oops and the sniffles and the coughs and the yes. sneezes and, and the, the ums, ums and, and the, the likes and, and the, the you know like all the jibber jabber. Exactly. Like I said again. <laughs> so that was proof that yes. there are pauses on the podcast. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. But we are super duper. I I don't know the word. To... I was gonna say super. Oh, okay. Superb. Superb. Super. Super. Superb. <laughs> we don't know. It's happening. We're recording earlier in the day than we normally do, and maybe we're a little slap happy. Miley couldn't figure out why the board wouldn't turn on. <laughs> I quickly diagnosed the problem that it was not plugged in story of my life <laughs> it's my favorite when she puts on her headphones she's like i can't hear anything and the cord is dangling <laughs> next to her I and i pick think... it up off the ground <laughs> I'm like, this might be our problem <laughs> most of the time it's always operator error it's because like... i forgot to plug something in half the time it's something's not plugged in it's like oh that shouldn't be laying on the ground <laughs> <laughs> huh, doesn't that belong somewhere and it like the plug was three inches from her hand like she's leaning on the table and she's like this won't flip on her other hand's hitting the switch and i'm like it's not going to until we plug and it I in keep, I, i'm flipping the switch and i'm like the next thing i'm gonna have to do is shake this thing <laughs> like an old nintendo game she's like i'm blowing it she's like oh yes <laughs> i used to yeah. do that all the time to be fair you set up a lot of stuff today mostly on your own i was doing something else and like normally we're tag teaming it and we're yeah, well we have we're rhythm. also yeah and we're also in opposite yeah. places like this is I am not sitting where I normally sit. I'm a little <laughs> uncomfortable. And so it threw me off in setting things up. And then I had to put the soundboard in a different place. And so I usually what happens is I set the soundboard and it's right next to the plug. So I plug it in immediately. But now that it was, you know, three feet away from where I usually plug it in, I forgot to plug it in. I'm sitting in your spot. Therefore, you it was are. my job to plug it in. Yes. I took care of it after i started freaking out about yeah after she was like why isn't this plugging in click 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 some more click some more i didn't even follow the what's going on oh man oh man that was great how was your weekend my weekend was amazing actually i had you were busy i had such a it started off really busy and then ended up really calm which is nice good you got to see a lot of people because i was paying attention to your instagram stories because i didn't see you this weekend i know but i saw all the fun things you were up to and i'm really excited for the people to hear and i want to hear a little more about it because we haven't caught up yeah 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 so friday started off with me getting prepared for a night flight and i haven't had a night flight 
like a training flight in about three or four months. And so I was oh. a little nervous flying at night, like being in controls. One of the things that we were going to do was we were going to fly through the Bravo transition. is, w- And that's where you talk with the bigwigs at Sky Harbor and uh, you request to transition through the airspace of all of the big Southwest, American Airlines, all those different planes. And I'm this little dinky two-seater plane, <laughs> single engine, single prop plane. And it's just really cool to be flying over Sky Harbor, an international airport. So I was practicing on my radio calls and Brandon, my instructor, gets there. I've already pre-flighted the airplane and everything. We're getting ready. And then he goes, so what would you like to do tonight? And I was like, I thought we were doing the Bravo transition. I've prepared for it. (laughs) (laughs) We know how much Miley loves change when she gets in the hot seat. Talk about last week's episode about Mm -hmm. navigating change. And so he gives me the opportunity to say, you know what? Is there anything else you'd like to do besides the Bravo transition? I'm thinking. Is that like translation? I'm bored with the idea of the Bravo (laughs) translation. Let's do something cool. Yes, I think so. I think I got I, I got his his you know subtle hint yeah his subtle hint so I was like well what are my options I don't know what my options are and he goes well you did mention the other day about the valley rally mm. and, and my eyes immediately lit up I was like oh my gosh because that's like a little intimidating and really cool at the same time and I valley rally this is valley a maneuver? rally no it's uh you know, I'll tell you all okay, about okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. And so he, I was like, at first I was like, yes, because I love trying really cool things. But then I was like, but I'm scared. And he goes, don't worry, I'm right here with you. And the Valley Rally is where you fly around the Phoenix Valley and you visit all seven general aviation airports. So you mm. fly to each of the seven and you land and then oh. you fly again and you, so you're like, up and down, up and down, up and down through multiple different airspaces. And so he said that it would be a great practice on thinking on my feet. It's great practice on bringing together all of the different tools and resources that I've learned all this time and thinking about radio calls, frequencies, airspaces, Bravo, um, the Bravo shelf, looking at other aircraft flying at night like I, you know, because really I came to the lesson with this, just one thing in mind. I want to practice my night landings. And he goes, why don't we just do the Valley Rally? Let's do seven of them. (laughs) Yes, that's do seven of your landings and so we went from Chandler seven landings in seven different airports Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and seven takeoffs Uh 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 it was so cool I wish people could see your face so excited you could probably hear her smiling (laughs) yes and so we took off on Chandler and flew to Goodyear and Goodyear is where we did my first solo in the pattern with the rectangles where you came and Katie Martin came and so and Mr. Boyfriend came Mm -hmm. and my brother came and so uh, that was so I was familiar with Goodyear and that was really neat then we flew from Goodyear to Glendale and Glendale is near and dear to my heart because that's my very first airport that I ever trained in yes and so I I was so happy to be back at Glendale and then from Glendale we flew to Deer Valley and I've only flown at Deer Valley once and it was during the daytime and the runway that I was landing in was not near a mountain this time they flipped the runway so we had to fly around a small mountain and that was really new to learn Mm. and so that was neat and then from Deer Valley we flew over to Scottsdale and my instructor Brandon and I neither one of us have ever landed in Scottsdale so it was a new adventure for both of us you know I hear the Jonas Brothers land in Scottsdale when they come into town to go right so next time we know that they're in town we should totally rent an airplane and let's go to Scottsdale and land there and just wait. Can we just do takeoffs and what practice your yes. whatever they're called? <laughs> we will practice. We'll do pattern work until yes. we see the Jonas Brothers. 
I'm yes. I'm excited. I'll bring binoculars and I'll just keep an eye on the ground the whole time in the airspace around us. Yes. Well, we have four flight. <laughs> Would we also we'll be able to hear? Yeah, we can hear controls. Mm-hmm. In? Okay. I wonder if their tail number would probably be a private tail number too. I don't mm-hmm. know. We'll have to. I'll, I'll I'll ask my instructor for any intel. He might know some information. And, and if you happen yes. to work at Scottsdale Airport, uh, maybe you accidentally send us some info in our DMs. Yes. Please do. <laughs> we got we, we we need to make some friends at Scottsdale Airport. It's at Woman Get It on Instagram. Yes, yes please. <laughs> yes. You know the Jonas Brothers are coming to Vegas again for five summer nights in June. We may have to do another yeah. appearance at their concert. <laughs> <laughs> this is Woman Get In coming to you live from the Jonas Brothers yes. again. <laughs> yes. We need to start and end their tour again. Oh man, that was fun. Yes. yes. So, uh, and then, so let's keep okay. that in mind. Scottsdale, Scottsdale is actually a really cool airport to land in. Uh, and so that was, okay. that was super fun. And it was just neat that I got to share something with my instructor for his first time and my first time. Yeah. Neat. Okay. So that's five airports yep. so far. And then we flew over to, then we flew over to Falcon airport and I've flown in Falcon before. It was one of my very first lessons with my now instructor, Brandon. And so that was neat to fly back into Falcon. Where is Falcon? Falcon is... It's it's in Mesa. Oh, it's probably north of where we or well, like the university that we work at. OK. Yeah. And so that was really neat. And then we flew over to Gateway. Gateway is like a second big airport here. Bigger. Because, yeah. yeah. Because it has Allegiant and a couple other uh, yeah. really big like commercial uh, airlines. Yeah. So they have three runways Ooh. and uh do they take off and land on every runway or do they shut some down sometimes so they only have to manage one of them? How does that work? Yeah. So it depends on the air traffic controller. How busy But they oftentimes, are and- yeah, oftentimes they usually will run all three depending on what the purpose of that aircraft is. So mm-hmm. if there's like a smaller aircraft that is just practicing pattern work, they'll probably usually be in, on like one of the outer uh, runways, the left or the right runway, depending on the wind, of course. Mm-hmm. So one of the runways will always be reserved for uh, any smaller aircraft that is practicing pattern work, like I was, you know, when you're doing re- rectangular patterns. Mm-hmm. Usually the center one is used for the major airlines that are flying in. Mm-hmm. And then the one closest to the hangars usually is the one for any traffic, for like smaller traffic that is landing and stopping, mm-hmm. and they're not doing pattern work. Gotcha. Generally, but it can change depending on. And sometimes you will have been given, you know, a clearance to land on one runway and then suddenly they have to change. And in the middle of what you're doing, you they change you over to the center or the right one or the left one. And so I don't like that. I don't like that either, but <laughs> it's part of the it's part of the experience. Okay. And okay. so there's been times where Brandon and I, we were cleared for, you know, the left runway and then we are on base and they change us to the right one runway. So you just have to be on top of things and you kind of have to be very alert and aware of what's going on and around you. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and then after Gateway, we flew back to Chandler and Chandler has two runways. And again, it was at nighttime. And this is an example of what we just talked about is uh, we came back a little late. So there was no air traffic controller. It's um, uncontrolled or untowered at that time. So you have oh. to make your own controls and you, you have to make your own calls and be more attentive to who else is in the airspace. But uh, the best runway to land at that time was going to be on the right runway. But again, it was nighttime and kind of new for me. And so I was lining myself up for the left runway. And then Brandon was like, 
are you sure you want to take this uh-huh. runway? And uh, I was like, yeah, the right runway. And he goes, are you sure you're lined up with the right runway? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And then I look back and I'm like, mm, that's the left one, isn't it? And then I had to make a diagonal turn towards the right <laughs> runway instead of the left runway. So that's why it's really important to kind of pay attention. I wasn't <laughs> left, right. Who can keep these things straight? But it was so much fun to do the whole circular pattern around the valley so that was and then and then on saturday i i did a day trip over to la to to see and support one of my dental assistants her wedding i flew in at like one o'clock wedding was at two o'clock went to her little reception until about five o'clock ran back to the airport for a six six thirty o'clock flight out and then got home around nine ten o'clock six thirty o'clock that's a new way of saying time (laughs) i like it <laughs> Try that next time you have to tell somebody what time to be somewhere. Um, 4 p.m. o'clock. <laughs> well, it's kind of like how we say noon o'clock. <laughs> yeah, I do say noon o'clock. I also say noon 30. Yeah, see, yeah. yeah. People get it. They yeah. understand. And it perks people's ears up. It does. It makes, makes them sure go. they're listening. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. How, I like was, it. how was your weekend? I know Wait, you had you a, skipped out on a hiking. Oh. <laughs> hiking. I did go hiking. Uh-huh. I went hiking with... Who'd you go hiking with? <laughs> I went hiking with uh, you and Mr. Boyfriend's friend. Yes. Mm-hmm. So and you guys got to be alone and talk without yep. people listening. Yes, we did. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I learned a lot about him. That's exciting. And uh, and I and he learned a lot about me. He asked a lot of good questions. I like that. Which is nice because sometimes I'm I hog all of the question asking. We we know this. You are very good at asking questions. Yeah. I got invited to the interview at the school on Friday with the new applicant specifically because I ask questions. Our boss said that specifically. She goes, I would like you to be part of this interview because you ask a lot of questions. Good questions. But you're good at asking questions. So I need you there. Yeah, you are. You're good at asking questions that are very, that really pertain to the content and the, 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 the issue at hand. Yes, but she also said that you also get a lot of good intel from people mm-hmm. and it comes off very genuinely. <laughs> She's yeah. like, sometimes I'll ask questions about their personal lives and it doesn't come off very genuinely, but you ask it very naturally. And I was like, <laughs> I'm very curious. That's nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so. I like it. But yeah, I, I, I practiced leaning back mm-hmm. and giving him space to ask me questions. And I practiced overcoming fears of not holding back, I guess, mm. and being more forthcoming about what I think or what I want and he asked me about what I'm looking for in a partner and what I want in my life and so we talked a little bit about some of my own concerns about when it you know when it comes to being in a relationship like religion is a big thing and so Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a little hesitant when it comes to the topic of religion I'm a little hesitant when it comes to the topic of politics and so it's really good for me to talk about those things up front with anybody I'm dating and the more you do, and like when you say politics is a big thing and religion is a big thing, it's because you don't have an like an attachment right. to any one side of no. those two topics. So sometimes people are like, "Oh, well, yeah." People that get real political about everything, they can. Like, right? And that's what I mean. Like I, I being with someone who is very strong in their political or religious stance, I just don't know how I fit into their life if that is something so, like a big part of their life. If it's dominant? Yeah. Or if it's, yeah, heavily based in all Mm -hmm. of their decision making? Yeah. 
but it was it was it was also a really good practice in being you know creating my own safe space to share my own thoughts too and not being so worried about well if I say this he might not like me anymore or if I say this he might get upset at me but my whole thing was not about that this time around in my dating like I know a year maybe two years ago I would be so concerned about well if I say this or if I do this or if I think this they might think differently of me but mm-hmm. I, I'm in a space right now where you know what this is my opinion this is how I feel about this or this. I don't really care about this. Yeah. If it's that big of a deal to you, then you get to move on. Yes, for sure. And so, do me the favor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was nice. And uh, the hiking was great. I wanted to go hiking for a few months now. And so mm-hmm. I'm glad that I got a twofer. Yay. Yeah. A second date and a hike and um, got to meet his dog. And oh, that yeah. was I love dogs. Mm-hmm. Mm, but yeah. So mm-hmm. nice. I spent last week dog sitting for a friend, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of friends who live here in Scottsdale. Well, they used to live here full time. They still have a house here. They moved to Chicago a while back, like six years ago or so. And uh, they're back as snowbirds basically now. <laughs> so her family still lives here. And they just, they, they liked it during when COVID happened, they discovered they really like getting out of Chicago in the cold, especially since everybody works from home and remotely for the most part, mm-hmm. um, being trapped in your place in Chicago, like in your Gross. condo in Chicago, two of you, you know, trying to work remotely in the same house all day, every day together kind of gets a little stale, I guess. And it's kind of nice to get some warm weather in the middle of a Chicago winter. So they'd been coming back here for a couple months at a time the last few years and discovered they really like it. But rental prices have gotten so crazy in this area as real estate prices have gone up that they decided it wasn't worth it anymore to rent something to come back to when they had a house here. So they're going to use their rental, use their house as a rental the rest of the year and then use it for themselves the parts of the year they want to be here that's so smart yeah it's it's basically what i've been talking about wanting to do at the place mm-hmm, i'm mm-hmm. currently in like find my find my vacation home in hawaii <laughs> yes please and uh let this be my house the rest of the year and i'll spend summer somewhere else but uh yeah so they they john had to go back to chicago because he's starting a new job and tony had to travel do a little travel for work and head back to chicago and obviously they don't fly the dogs back and forth with them when they're just going for short trips so they needed a dog sitter and i was like well i can do that so i lived at their house and i came home to work (laughs) every day when i had to bake and get things done so it's kind of interesting it it created a little routine for me like getting up and going to work yeah you know taking care of the pups in the mornings and playing with them during the day and just enjoying different walls to look at is yeah. a thing for me like in the backyard you, yeah it was so nice and yeah I, I saw some snippets of you enjoying the beautiful weather we had this past weekend with yes. the sunshine and bright sunshine cool fresh mornings air. crisp mornings like just pups laying they, they'll just lay outside with me all day if I sit out there yeah really fun just walking the dogs enjoying the neighborhood enjoying the sunshine and I had a couple I had the big events this weekend so mm-hmm, I did mm-hmm. those I did a ton of baking I also had a wedding that I catered I did oh, tell me about the the, 
the wedding catering thing. I didn't. So I was a crazy person and I accepted this wedding order without looking at my calendar. Oh, (laughs) it's not like you. It's not like either one of us. Right. Yeah. So I found that in my newfound quote freedom (laughs) (laughs) of only working for myself. But I took this order probably in December. I knew it was coming. Um, But for whatever reason, when I said, yeah, sure, that'll be great. Like it's so far out that I don't need to worry about it, I think was my mistake. Yeah. And I didn't look at the calendar date and it was the same day as an event that once I got to February, I went, oh, crap. Um, I have a morning event and I have a night event and I have this wedding in between. How am I going to do all of this? Do I need to bail on one of them? And then, you know, I was like, okay, well, I think if I do this with this and this with this, I leave at this time, I can do it all. It was a crazy day. I got back to the night event like two minutes before it was starting. Luckily, I'd already been there in the morning. So most of my stuff was there. I was just wheeling up and having to set all of the actual food out, all of the baked goods out for sale. And the beginning of the event's not too crazy. There was a ton of people there when I got there, though. Like if I had been there 30 minutes earlier, I probably would have already been making sales because there were so many people hanging out. Okay. But it was fine. I got there on time, worked the whole thing. I didn't die. (laughs) I drove all over the valley, but everything went off without a hitch. It was a beautiful little wedding set up out in Agritopia. They got married in the, or the reception was in the orchard. I'm not sure if the ceremony was happening out there too. So it was amongst all the peach trees. And yeah, the venue didn't really have a dessert table for me set up at the time. They were using it as the guest table to check in. So I didn't even have to set anything up. All I did was put the florals on the cake and made sure the cupcakes they they had me put them in a little shady spot they're like we'll do it we have all the platters here because we don't really have a space for you to do it right now and they weren't sure with being in an orchard if they wanted them all set out with the bees and things that hang might be hanging around so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i said okay so i mean still took me a fair bit of time and i was a little late leaving but it's fine um i had that and dog sitting and hung out with mr boyfriend a bit uh yeah it was just it was busy but it was nice. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, good. And I'm so happy I get to see you today. Me too. I'm I'm honestly really glad this weekend is over because it was so much in my head. You know, <laughs> when you just have some a day or two that are really yeah. busy. Like it was a block of time where I was, my days were pretty full top mm-hmm. to bottom. Like I had a very regimented schedule yeah. that I had to stick to. And I was really good, actually. I, I'm really proud of how I balance the entire thing i needed a little help from mr boyfriend here and there and he was awesome he helped me mm. out i'm so happy that you have him yeah and that he was willing to help honestly so great and um woot woot, mr boyfriend <laughs> thank you mr boyfriend yes he uh he helped me when i needed it and shireen helped out for one of the markets yay shireen <laughs> it was it was awesome it was a really good weekend oh good i'm so happy thanks mm, i'm proud of you too thank you it was Any, a lot. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to live through this. You're a rock star. You're a wonder woman. You got Everybody this. was like, you're doing what now? <laughs> I'm like, yep, got to go. Bye. I got to go. Bye. See no ya. time to chat. See you soon. See you later. Yeah. Like it would have been really cool if I had just been able to hang out with the dogs all week mm-hmm. and not have such a crazy week, but it's fine. It worked out well. The puppies were happy. Everybody yeah. got their walks. Everybody got their treats. Everybody got their food and water and got play time and fetch time and I just sleep with dogs, which I'm not used to. Yeah. Well, you're not used to and you don't really like to. I don't because they move. (laughs) So if I'm in bed with someone or something that moves around all night long, it disturbs me. Huh. Especially if there's a little animal like trying to get comfortable all night at my feet. And I'm if I move and I bump into it, then it's like everybody's up. (laughs) It was was the whole thing. It was like three nights before I slept a good sleep. When I had the four dogs that I did with my ex. Mm-hmm. Uh, the three little dogs they were both 
they were, all three of them were chihuahua mixes with other things mm-hmm. like either dachshund or jack oh, russell yeah. or anything and maybe it was just because it was a routine but i would go to bed and one of them would be underneath <laughs> my right armpit the other one would be under my left armpit and the other one would be between my legs oh. and they would stay still the entire night they never moved up like a, a little inch or anything uh, there would be nights where i wake up and i have to like poke them awake to make sure they're alive because i thought they were dead because they, <laughs> they they lay so still in all of my crotch areas like <laughs> it, so like maybe it's just a routine or something yeah. but th- i mean my dogs did not move at all i mean I, it's probably because i moved maybe yeah. i might have disturbed them here and there and you know if something wakes them up or they hear something maybe they just get a perk their ears up and wiggle around and yeah. they always have to like do this little digging Dance. type of motion yeah, yeah, yeah. a little and act like they're pushing the covers around act like they're nesting or something and then lay down and i swear to you they got to the bed before me like every single night if i made any time after 8 p.m if i made a motion towards the bedroom they were like oh it's bedtime and they would bolt straight to the room jump up on the bed there's like a little footrest like a bench at the end of the bed so right up there right up and under the bed ready yeah just ready to go like uh, it's bedtime right we're going to bed is it bedtime and i'm like i don't know what time y'all are used to going to bed apparently anytime between 8 and 10 11 but i was like it's at least 11 before i'm going to be hitting the hay so uh funny you know but they would i'd go to brush my teeth and they'd be on the bed waiting for me like they always got their spot in bed before me so i just had to find a place around them (laughs) you had to work around them wow (laughs) they're always at the foot of the bed so not a big deal but like bad if you try to move your feet or roll over yeah, at yeah, night, yeah. you're like, I'm pinned to the bed. <laughs> <laughs> and in the morning when they were ready to get up, they would let you know, like they'd be wiggling around. They'd come up and sniff at your face and like, all right, let's go. It's breakfast time. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Nice. That was fun. I like it. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you had such a great week. <laughs> I'm glad you're back home too. Me too. It's nice to get back into your own bed and like put my house back together after quote working in it all week with all the baking and just mm-hmm. destroying it. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good nice. times. Good Yay. times. Awesome. What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about them's fighting words, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this episode is hopefully an episode where we explore ways to build and strengthen your relationship. And with the understanding that with with all relationships, there will always be conflict. And how do you navigate through that conflict? Funny enough, I was on this post about a coach I forget which coach on Instagram, but they were talking about what's one thing you want to consider as a red flag when you're looking at dating profiles. Stay away from people who write in their dating profiles that they're looking for someone who has no drama. And uh, the way that, you know, the way he was talking about it is if you're looking for someone who doesn't want any drama, what they're really saying is that they can't handle conflict, that they can't handle when things go wrong and they don't know how to navigate through that. And what you really want in a partner is someone who knows that there is always going to be, you know, changes, conflict, um, problems, issues. And you want to you want to share a life with someone who is able to navigate through that, not only through like through that with you, but knows that you both share the goal of being able to navigate and get to an end result where both of you are satisfied, are comfortable, um, are understanding of each other. Oh, man, I wish I had a picture. I was trying to see if I had a screenshot of one of the last times. Like, it's been a while. I mean, I went on a dating app for a hot minute last year. But prior to that, I had seen somebody who had posted something along those lines like, 
if you want to talk about your feelings all the time, like you're not, it was like one of those hinge prompts. Mm. We're not a match if, or you're not the one for me if, and it was like, you want to talk about your feelings. Yeah. I was like, okay, bye. Yeah, exactly. Someone who's not capable, bye. See ya. So that's really interesting that I ran across that Instagram post right when we were planning for this episode to come out. And I was like, that fits exactly what we're talking about, which is you want to be with someone, not only a partner, like a life partner, but mm-hmm. you want to surround yourself with friends, coworkers, team members that know that they accept that conflict is an issue or they accept that conflict is part of the journey. Mm-hmm. It's accepting it and then knowing what to do when you face those conflict and how to do it together. Let's say, you know, you as a listener, you are very in tune with your feelings and you're good with communication. Great. You're going, you, you probably have the skills to make a good conversation. You probably have the skills to do that and you know how to find that in another person. But if you're feeling or if you're finding that you're surrounded by people who aren't maybe so great at that, maybe take a look inward because there might be some like we go over a lot of language examples in this episode. So there might be some things in the way that you're delivering your message that isn't landing and getting the response that you're looking for, Mm -hmm. like getting getting the conversation that you're looking for, getting your point or your feelings across might not be happening if you're not really so in tune with how to deliver a message. I, I think I talk about that a little bit in this episode where there was a friend that I, I just I didn't understand what she was trying to tell me and like the way it was being delivered was felt very superficial. It didn't I couldn't seem to figure out what the root of it was. So we struggled. I remember struggling over that, but that's a thing like if you're finding people are having a hard time understanding you then there may be some way in your delivery that you might need to reevaluate looking inward Mm -hmm. looking at the people involved but also not giving up and that's a big thing like that's a big huge thing that look for people that no matter or despite the struggle Mm -hmm. you still continue to help each other figure it out together holy heck i love that you said that because i actually complimented mr boyfriend on that this weekend because no matter when i have brought up a topic of like so you did this and or not accusatory language like that but when we when this was happening and da 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 and this and that he'll come back at me and say I really appreciate you telling me that. Like, I totally, I totally get your what you're saying me and how that came across. And that was not how I intended it to be. I'll definitely be more aware of how I say blah, 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 blah in the future. Or, you know, be a little more clear about what I'm trying to say in the future and make sure that I don't, I can't even remember what the topic was right now. But he was, he's so good about, like, he's so receptive to I the I was feedback. just going to say the word receptive because... Yeah. My most recent person that I was with Mm -hmm. was very similar to Mr. Boyfriend in like there would be times and more with me than him. He never really was bothered about very many things about me. But I feel like (laughs) there were many times where I'd be like, "Okay, I'm struggling with this. Like, please tell me what's going on. And like, please talk to me about this. And I would always be the one that would be the one that says, you know, hey, we need to talk about this. And every single time he'd always be so receptive to, "Okay, let's talk about this. Okay, I understand what you're saying. I will try to do this differently. Or now that I know this is how it makes you feel, I'll I'll work on this. Yeah. And 
And I find like receptive is such a great word. Find people that are receptive to listening to your concerns and sharing in that together. And it's not about finding blame. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's not about faulting the other. It's like, okay, if this is, if this is how it makes you feel, let's work together so you don't feel this way anymore. Yeah. Like he's never responded to any type of conflict or feedback with a fine okay then and whenever he's been trying to explain something to me about what's going on with him and I haven't understood he's really patient while I ask a lot of questions Mm -hmm. to really get to it I don't want to gender stereotype but I think traditionally women get like our culture sort of allows us to speak about those things and dive into it more and it's not to say that men don't dive into their own feelings in their own little ways but they're not as used to talking about them like maybe you and I are and hashing it out and really digging down to figure out what they're saying and why they're saying it so he's always been really receptive when I'm all when I'm trying to get to the root of the thing is it because of this is it this yeah are you feeling this because of this like so you're feeling this but do you know why like help me understand the why here and then you know then obviously it leads to a conversation of like well maybe you need to go talk to someone about that because it's not appropriate to talk to me about it but I definitely agree with you there's something there and I don't think it's actually me like and that's exactly right like again the last person that I was with like just having someone who is willing to sit with you and either listen to you ask questions and trying to figure it out with you or listening to you. Like I always used to say, I'm just going to word vomit for the next five minutes. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm going to just talk out loud and kind of share exactly what's on my mind and in, in like the kindest way possible. Yeah. Can I just get it all out of my head and into words? And can you help me figure out why? Like help me figure this out. And then like one whether you can help me with it or do I need to go get professional help? But let's figure out what's going on with this situation and why I'm feeling the way I am based on whatever experience we just had interaction that we had. Right. And, and, or sitting with me and answering questions so that I can better understand like, okay, when you did this, this is how I felt. And, and please help, like let's figure this out together because I don't want to have bad thoughts or yeah. you know I don't want to think negatively right have resentments yeah. or negative emotions tied around whatever it is yeah it's like we can work through it and close the loop and it can be nice yeah and then and then the we, end yeah and we both, yes and we both move on without worrying that the other person has been hurt yes. or is you know has is, is still struggling or yeah. having issues like so. everyone's needs are getting met yes yeah so anyways, that's a long <laughs> little story about this episode. Uh, episode is done, actually. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. End of story. No, like there's some really good language here. So I hope everybody gets um, some good tips on how to talk with people, how not to talk with people, how to open conversations, how to work through them confidently and calmly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I love it. I was totally. <laughs> we hope you enjoy the episode. So today's episode came about when uh, Mandy and I were just chit-chatting and I was sharing with her that I recently had discovered some trigger phrases that I was trying to figure out why I was so triggered by them because they're very common phrases that people say all the time. And, and the logical side of me actually knows the intention behind some of these phrases, but there's a part of me that gets triggered. And so we decided we do an episode on uh, them's fightings word. Wait, them's fighting words. Yeah. You say a lot better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> the first phrase that we came up with or that I was trying to share with Mandy was someone had said, uh, 
you do you. I totally understand that the intention behind that is giving someone giving someone the autonomy and the empowerment to say like, hey, you be an individual like you embrace your what your wants and desires are and go for what you want. But But. ever since it came, ever since it's become mainstream and, you know, I had I had an ex that said that to me when I was trying to ask him for advice on how to go camping for the first time in my life. And he said that to me. And while I think he was saying that because he was like, here's the information. You do whatever makes you happy or what you think is right. I think what happened in that moment is I felt abandoned and Mm. I linked I lean to that feeling of abandonment to that phrase, you mm. do you, mm-hmm. because it's been a year or a year and a half since my ex had said that to me. And then the other day, someone that I care about said it to me, too. And he also didn't mean to say it in a way to abandon me either. But I had the um, I had the courage to kind of share with him, unlike the lack of courage, I guess, to share with my ex. But I shared with him and I said, you know, when you say that, it just doesn't make me feel good. It makes me feel like I like I, I'm kind of left by myself. Yeah. And so but he was really receptive to it and he doesn't say it to me anymore. He realized that, hey, if that's something that triggers you, I don't want to trigger you. Right. And that was really that was a good conversation. But I think, you know, you do you is a, a triggering fighting word for me. It, it It's funny because the phrase can be empowering or very diminished, mm-hmm. di- diminu- diminutive. Oh my yeah. God, why can't I Especially say that word? the way you say it. I yeah. can't say that word, so I'm not going to try. Dim- um, <laughs> dimin- diminishing. Yeah, sort of like along those lines. It can be very dismissive. It can be dismissive, very um, just, yeah, dismissive. Like you do you. Like, and I think of the Kevin Hart skit where he, it's an old skit where he's talking about his now ex-wife and it's like, you do you, boo, do you. Okay, do you. And it's just very dismissive of whatever this other person is so it's like tone and conversation are very important with this phrase because if it's like what yeah girl you do you you gotta you know what I mean like you can be empowering if it's moving away from something but some when you're just having kind of a discussion and you're lost in a place to go and you ask for something and somebody goes you do you you're like uh what so I have a question did did you discover that that phrase made you feel abandoned via a therapist or like through the work with a therapist and being able to identify your own feelings and emotions and then how to like label them did you discover that one on your own I discovered it on my own but it didn't really come to light until I was talking with you just a couple weeks ago and you put the word abandoned into my head because like I said when my ex had said it to me I felt like I was alone okay and like I was left by myself. That's, oh, I therapized the you. Yes. <laughs> Whoops. Yes. That's why in my head, like this whole time I've been thinking, well, when he said that to me, I just felt like I was just left all by myself to make a decision on mm-hmm. something that I'm not familiar with and in an area that I'm, I don't know anything about. So how do I make a decision? How do I do me if I don't even know how to make a decision by myself? And that's why I asked you yeah. for help. And so then when that phrase came back up again and I was sharing with you, I was like, this person I know didn't mean to make me feel like I was left alone. Mm-hmm. I totally know that he was telling me like he was trying to empower me to, you know, be able to make decisions on my own. Mm-hmm. But it reminded me of how my ex made me feel. Yeah. And he made you feel terrible a whole lot of times yeah. <laughs> in a whole lot of ways. He was neglectful in general. Well, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's, so that's why I was like, okay, well, let's talk about some other 
phrases that might be triggering. <laughs> yeah, it sparked a whole thing for us, like yeah. how them's fighting words. It's like made me think of this meme, this graphic that I put on our little notes page, and it's from two broke girls Mm -hmm. was the show and it's Kat Dennings and it's like fine doesn't mean fine the scale goes great good okay not okay I hate you fine Fine. (laughs) (laughs) so true because like I mean that's the worst thing somebody could fight with is if 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 it's like you know if we're having a discussion or a conflict or just a chat about something that brings things up for us brings up differences and somebody goes it's fine and then stops and walks away it's like oh fuck it's stonewalling it is thank you an abrupt stop yeah i am leaving this conversation like fine like i quit i don't know how to discuss this any further like someone's not listening and i mean i guess the person who says fine i don't i don't like that i don't like that I've yeah. probably done that before, though. Like, but I've d- I'm sure I have done that in past relationships where I'm just like, I I mean, I'm talking like 10 years ago where I didn't have the language yeah. or the ability to really self-assess and know what I was feeling or trust my feelings back then. So I'm sure I fought that way. So hopefully the goal of this is to maybe help you identify some ways that are better ways of, quote, fighting. Yes. And but it starts things, with recognizing triggers or recognizing some of yeah. your habits. And absolutely things to, things to like better ways to approach the subjects, better ways to move through the discussions, discrepancies, differing opinions, and things to stay away from 100% of the time. Yes. And, and I like how you shared about, you know, maybe you didn't have the language at that time. Right. And sometimes I... I think I haven't used the word fine very often, but I think in the last couple of years when I have used the word fine, it was me not having the language to communicate with the other person and me trying to convince myself that I was okay. <laughs> like I was trying to say like, oh. I'm fine. I'll be fine. It'll be fine. Like I need to, to talk myself off of this, the, these emotions that I'm feeling because or, I couldn't put language to it. Or I'm thinking it could even be a way I'm a trying to tell myself I'm fine yeah. to, to, hug myself so to speak to emotionally protect myself it could also be a way of it's probably more likely a way for me that I abandoned myself mm. in order to not be um in order to protect that relationship in order to not feel in order to not be too much on another person in sense. order to mm-hmm. um, not cause waves yeah because that's things that you know people who grow up with addictive addiction patterns and you know in their families tend to make themselves smaller don't make yeah. any waves don't cause any problems etc etc be a good student just be fine blah 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 yeah um, totally so I'm right he, there with you we know this so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a self-abandonment a little bit when you're not able to express those or when you don't express those feelings and if you're not able to that's another story we are big proponents of therapists psychologists psychiatrists counselors whatever you need to do whatever types of coaching you need to start figuring those things out for yourself um yeah we're big proponents of that and hopefully a little bit of this is helpful to people we want you to be able to so we're talking about how to fight fair yep how to bring i wrote down how to bring conflict to the table in ways that help you and your person address the topic at hand with respect and grace i think along that line is being able to create an environment we always talk about safe environments so that we can have effective communication and so it's not just to have effective positive communication when the times are good but it's even more important when times are bad, right? Or when there are times of conflict. 
Yeah. And I mean, so I listened, I was listening and doing a lot of reading and research and kind of like wanting to boil down how, what I was thinking and how I wanted to talk about this a little bit from my side. And it's like, in any relationship, there are going to be differing opinions. There are going to be values that are different. There are going to be needs, preferences that aren't aligned. And we need tools and resources and processes to move through the conflicts. And these are opportunities to learn and grow. And can we shift our views to better understand each other? Can we grow together through it? And I mean, it doesn't necessarily... And this is also, I'll say this again later, but like this isn't you go into something and one side wins and one doesn't. It, this is coming together in a mutual understanding and go, okay, well, I saw it this way and the story I'm telling myself around it is this. Is that what, like, that's how I'm hearing it. What am I hearing wrong? Can you explain it to me in a way that I can hear it more from where you're coming from? Exactly. And a big part of this is learning about yourself yeah. and learning more about how to describe what you're feeling in these situations. Like I said, you know, I had the courage to kind of share with this person. Like when you said that, this mm -hmm. is how I felt. I felt like I was left all by myself. And it didn't mean that I was accusing this person of making me feel that way. But I wanted to inform them that this is what I feel. So can you help me navigate through this? Because I'm pretty sure you didn't mean to make me feel this way. I'm not saying you made me feel this way. I'm just saying that phrase makes me feel this way. So help, yeah. can you help me through this? Can you help me understand? Can you help me grow from this? Yeah, that's great. And then how can we use language that promotes dialogue, exchange, engagement, yes. forms bridges versus causing rifts, um, invite kindness, possibility. I think we should talk really quick about some of the phrases not to yes. say. Miley wrote a big long list of them. I put one <laughs> on the end because, I mean, she did a really fucking thorough job. No, I just... <laughs> I was like, well, all right, you go, girl. Oh, no, no. I, I mean, like, some of these would have come to mind yeah. for me personally, but like she did a great job. Some good research here with things to never say. And then I tacked one on the end. And, so. and a lot of these are very common. I'm <laughs> pretty are. sure we've they all are. faced them and heard them. We've probably all have said them ourselves. I of just course, don't. I think but. it's been a long time since I've been in any relationship that went anywhere near these. <laughs> okay, so. Which I want to pat myself <laughs> on the back for, I guess. I don't know. Well, it, a lot of it also has to do with the the way and the tone that you deliver these phrases as well. I mean, one is you're just like so-and-so. Oh, man. Oftentimes, though, like I, I've heard you share examples of where in a loving, kind way, you can enlighten someone to recognize that maybe they are acting or saying something that's very similar to one of their relatives or one oh, of yeah. their friends. Yeah. But you say it in a kind way so that you can say like, well, you're sharing with me that this upsets you, but is this not the same as when so-and-so does this to you? Right. And it helps. But that's just instead of saying like, you're just like your mother. <laughs> You know, you're just like your father. Yeah. Ah. Oh, my gosh. I'm, my ex, like from a bit ago, his mother would say shit like that, like to her kids. It was yeah. so inflammatory, so mm -hmm. gaslighting. Just I was like, this is so toxic. Anyways, it's not about that. Um, no, but, but yeah, but, you should never yeah. be accusatory right. in your tone and in your in your pitch. And in like that's pointing fingers. It's you, you, you instead of going, I. Yes feel this way when this happens so it's about yeah. using language to deliver messages yeah. that help you get to a common place of 
wanting to understand helping the other person understand exactly. you okay go ahead keep, oh, yeah. keep giving keep us going. these crazy uh, statements. the other the other <laughs> one is definitely something that we i'm sure we all have gotten this piece of advice is when you are in conflict don't use the words never or always yes like you never do this you never call me you never text me you never take out the trash or <laughs> you sounded like ellie wong right oh, there <laughs> <laughs> she has a new special out by oh, the way people you should watch it or like you always this and you always that, you know. Funny enough, the same ex who had the really toxic parent relationship mm-hmm. actually gave me that same tip. Because, mm. And I don't remember. I mean, we had lots of disagreements. There was a lot of growth, um, a lot of non-growth, a lot of growth, a lot of growth after it. But he actually gave me that same tip. He was like, never and always are very inflammatory words. Yeah. I really try to stay away from them. And I was like, mm, okay. Yeah. And I, I've really... tried to then. I'm, I think I'm a lot better at it now than I was back then 15 years ago. But... Yeah, I agree. I these next ones you have on here. Oh my god, uh, the next oh. one is like. Oh, the other one is um, calm down. In the Holy history moly. of telling anyone who's yeah. not calm to calm down, how many times has that ever been effective? When I do get worked <laughs> up, I I don't know how you get calm, but when I'm getting myself worked up, some strategies that have helped me is that the person just makes straight like eye contact with me and just like is patient with me until there's a moment when I'm not freaking out <laughs> and it actually does calm me. So wait, you and a person are having a discussion and you are getting rage about whatever the topic is or you're getting anxiety. Yeah. You're getting something and like the per- you just let the person keep talking to you and you just stare them straight not in their stare, eyes. They're gr- like stare straight to them, but I just stay present with them. Like I don't leave the okay. room. I don't say like stop talking. Uh, but I think, I was more so talking about myself and when I'm I'm kind of crazy and uh, and you know this one time I was what's getting, the internal dialogue that's happening for you the internal dialogue is I'm so frustrated that I'm just saying a, like I'm just I'm just saying everything I'm feeling and all the things that I am like all the things that have happened that is frustrating me or making me feel certain things okay because my language is not to blame right but my language is okay when this happened. I'm feeling frustrated and this is not the way I wanted to do this. This is not, I don't like the way I'm feeling. I yeah. don't understand why I'm feeling this way. And so a lot of it turns into just venting. And so the other person kind of just patiently waits until I'm done. Oh, so you let all that out. I'm starting to. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I, I mean, that's very common. We'll probably get to this in a bit, but there, when there's conflict or disagreement or quote fighting, fight flight freeze fawn is is a response and there's one of the above that it's going to happen for you so it depends on the person my ex i would shut down (laughs) the most recent person that i was with i he created such a safe space that i would just kind of let it all out and then he would listen to me and then when the time was right he would then put his hand on my hand or my arm just to kind of show me some touch and some care and that everything and then he'd he'd say like let's take a breath together oh yeah i love that cool okay tell me anyways i'm sorry okay so another one is whatever do whatever you want (laughs) and and then again it triggers in my mind it triggers me being abandoned yeah i can hear myself saying do whatever you want but like not in a tone i know that tone you're talking about but if someone was like hey should i blah 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 do this i might go I, yeah, I don't really have a say in that. Do whichever you do, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. But see, again, but if it this goes was back an us thing, tone, if yeah. you're asking me what you should do, I'm just like, 
do whatever you want. But if you're asking, like, I'm like, I'm not your mom. Um, do whatever you need to do. Which one of those things fulfills you? Yeah. Um, I might do something like that. But, but again, but approach, the tone. Tone. Ooh, yes. You can definitely go and do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. fucking storm out of the room and be a little bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, another one is sure. 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 Okay. So it's I, I used to say sure all of the time. Not in a dismissive way. I used to say it in place of yes. Right. And I dated somebody for a very small time, but it was a good, very communicative relationship. And he would say to me, you know, he actually told me at one point, he was like, when you say sure, like, could you just say yes? I was like, yes, that's what sure means. No, not (laughs) to me. Especially in text message. I think it could come across as a bit standoffish and like yes. off put put it put off or whatever i don't know it could come off as just standoffish or non-committal or like yes. i don't really care and yes. i was like oh for me it's totally just a yes not so. the same for me like well, yeah like so again right it was Language funny to see this the on way, the list yeah because for me when i especially when i'm excited about something and then i ask them like hey do you want to do this with me um we can do this this this, this. and then they go sure and then it just loses what energy if I put an exclamation point what if i'm like sure an exclamation point might change it. <laughs> <laughs> but when there's no exclamation point, I'm just like, so wait, are you saying yes just because I want to do it? Or do you want to? You know, it goes back to yeah. our... You'd rather our, have a I'd love to yeah. or that sounds great. Right. Like it goes back sure to... Sure is like almost like saying K. Yeah. It goes back to our episode last week when we were talking about enthusiasm. Mm. I'm like, if I'm suggesting something and I want to know if you want to do it with me, like yeah. sure kind of just... Sounds like you're not really that interested. You're right. You're right. So and I, I, yeah, I took that feedback and I was like, okay, I will work on this. And then I, I, I mean, I've been very conscious of it for like five years now. And even dating other people, like anytime I started dating somebody a little bit, you know, past like three dates and the sure thing would come up, I would go, by the way, is it offensive that I say sure as, as in place of yes sometimes? And they're like, no. I'm like, oh, good. Because I, you know, that was feedback I had in the past and I want to be very conscious of it and like just signs that I've you know it stuck with me and I'm trying to not be that way so I just want to make sure that it's not landing that way I want to make sure sure isn't landing that way thoughtful of you. I've done that yeah to probably two people in the last like five years I like that and again it goes back to just being mindful and and growing and being taking the lessons that you've received from other relationships to kind of promote better communication Mm -hmm. another one is you're overreacting. Oh my God. That's the same as calm. It calm is. down. It is like, calm down. You're overreacting. What? Motherfucker, like, don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, because what happens First of all, my emotions are mine. Exactly. And part of it is like, it, it, they're too much for you. In a way, like, that's yeah, what I hear. They're too much way, for I'm you. I'm hearing, am I, am I being too much? Yeah. It, that's exactly what this person is saying. It's like, it's too much for me. I need you to take it down a notch. That's why my response, what the yeah so part of me immediately is like i i can't i this is me i can't (laughs) i can't not be me you're asking me to not be me yeah you're telling me that it's wrong in some way to To have a response yeah so i don't i don't like that one either nope another one oh i get this one from my mother a lot and this next one is if you really cared about me you would blank that is so gaslighting. It I is. wrote that next to your thing. I was oh. like, ew, <laughs> gaslighting. Yes. <laughs> like, because 
Because that's like implying like your love is based on some transaction. Yes. And, and it's like, no, and that's if I don't not do how this, it works. Apparently, I don't love you or I don't care about you. And you're choosing to equate my level of care and my level of love for you on whether or not I'm doing what you want. Yeah. My love isn't transactional. That's not how it works. You can't yeah. bribe me. Yeah blackmail me into loving you or guilt trip me or guilt trip don't me you i don't me. like guilt trips no yeah. no 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 <laughs> another one is uh, it was a joke oh i read about that a little bit today but i didn't read enough about it to speak too highly on it but yeah there's a whole like can't you take a joke mm-hmm. oh i don't yeah. like that i don't like when like there's there's being sarcastic and then there's being there's a level of sarcasm that's shooting barbs at people that's a little bit too much and you have to be careful, like, is this intended to pretend? Like, yeah. is there any way that this person could change the tone and be have their feelings hurt by your, quote, joke? Right. Don't fucking say it. Yeah. So got to be careful with that, because oftentimes people say they'll say something. And then if you get offended by something, they try to be dismissive of it by saying it was a joke. Oh, yeah. Don't. Yeah. You know, don't make such a big deal out of it. Exactly. You're overreacting. Mm-hmm. Another one is. <laughs> <laughs> Is it that time of month? I don't <laughs> tell me. So I can't, I can't remember if anyone has ever come at me with that, but it is completely inappropriate. Yes. I mean, sometimes I will bring it up because I'll be like, I'm really cranky right now because it is the time of the month, but it's different when you bring it up because you are the one that is having the period. I did this recently. I actually went, you know, I'm kind of just moody today. And what that means for me is like, I, I will notice myself going kind of hot and cold. I'll notice I'm great at one point And then I'm suddenly I'm feeling really differently. Not very long later, like things are irritable. So I'll notice I'm moody and I'll, I'm allowed to say like, I'm a little moody today. You're not. <laughs> anyone else you know what I mean you're not allowed to say that to a person right you can say are you okay is there anything I can do for you you seem a little tense you could say those things to me like is there do you need anything like be helpful and supportive but never accusatory or attacking or blaming things on our hormones because that will end in not good fights yeah the one I put on the list here is agree to disagree it was funny because I was doing, again, I was doing some reading and some listening to pods and stuff to research things I wanted to talk about in this episode. And it's so dismissive when someone goes, agree to disagree. Yeah. Like they're just done with the f- the, the dis- disagreement, the, the conflict, discussion. the discussion. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's kind of like what you said. It's kind of stonewalling. It's just, it's walking away. It's like, no, not if I'm, if we're having a discussion about real yeah, feelings. Exactly. You don't get to just agree to disagree with my feelings. And it's it's almost saying, you know what? I don't care about your feelings. So right. I'm leaving this conversation like I care more about my feelings and I have no desire to understand where you're coming from. Or it's also that they lack the ability to talk about their own feelings in enough depth to make me understand. Because like you could also be in a discussion with somebody about trying to figure them out, like trying to figure yeah. out their stuff. And it's like, well, I just I just don't understand where this is coming from. And they go, oh, well, just agree to disagree. And I'm like, well, you don't understand yourself enough to make me understand it. Then I don't I guess we don't have anywhere else to go. Crazy. It, it's again, being dismissive and just yeah. ending things without even checking with the other person. Agreed. 
I mean, a it's conversation, just, a discussion is a two-way street. Yeah, you don't get to decide when it ends. Yeah. It's us. But it's also like, yeah, it's us deciding when it, it's like. Do we both feel the, yeah. good about where we got with this right, talk? Right, yeah. Like, we should have an agreement that we care enough about each other and about what's happening with the other person to try to arrive at a, at a place where we can understand each other. I just thought of another one that I meant to write on this list, and it is, I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah. I have actually done this before and I have a very vivid memory of doing it to someone before. And I, I don't remember what the talk was even about, but it was someone who was trying to talk with me about they what they were feeling. And but they got very emotional and very flooded, very like right at the top of the thing. Like everything was very close to the surface and I didn't understand where that was coming from. And and it was a very inappropriate setting. It was like at a house party type of thing. And I'm like, I don't understand what's happening right now. And like, I, this was a bit ago, but I very reflect, reflexively said, is that a word reflexively? (laughs) It was a (laughs) reflex to say, I'm sorry you feel that way. And it was more like, I'm sorry, like I made you feel that way or I'm sorry. That's what I wanted to say. But I actually said, I'm sorry you feel that way. And I remember in the moment it happened and their face kind of was like, oh, and I was like, oh, that's not what I meant to say. But because it's not like I didn't care about the person's feelings or what was going on for them. They they weren't able to communicate it to me in any sort of way that I could logically wrap my head around. Like there was so much more there that I couldn't understand. And again, it was like not the right setting to be having this kind of discussion. And there was a lot of things. So this leads me into like our how to yes. actually have an argument talk. But before we do, I do want to just spend a moment, Take a moment to for sponsors. appreciate. Oh, oh. Yes. <laughs> if only we had sponsors. I thought that's what you were going to say. I would take a moment for sponsors. I do want to take a moment and appreciate what you just said about that phrase, because that actually has been I've had mixed feelings about this phrase for a while. Mm-hmm. When I first started reading up about communication styles, I would see memes or Instagram posts and other articles that would say when you are in conflict, the articles would be encouraging you not to own other people's feelings. Mm-hmm. And so they would say, in an effort to protect yourself, what you do is you say, I'm sorry that you feel this way. And so I think a lot of people would get that kind of advice and then they would start incorporating that in an effort to have better communication. But as I've grown over the last couple of years, I've started to feel as though that phrase, it's not taking ownership. Like it's not that, that's not the intention. Like when you say that, it actually is dismissing that like your role, even if it wasn't your intention to make someone feel undervalued, if you say like, hey, I'm sorry that you feel undervalued, that's so much, that's so different than saying, I'm sorry that when I did this, you felt undervalued. Right. I'm sorry that something I did made you feel that way. Even obviously like my, like our goals as people is, you and I at least, our goals is not to make anyone ever feel badly about themselves but it's so different when you say like now I know what I did made you feel undervalued that wasn't my intention but how can I do it differently next time or how can we handle this differently next time yeah but when you yeah yeah. but when you say like yes yeah and and I definitely I don't think I said it in a tone that way but I remember having a conversation going I'm sorry you feel that way like and I was genuinely like yeah I think I was genuinely sorry that this person felt that way yeah. But, so it's not like I didn't mean that. Of course. But right. I didn't mean it in a dismissive tone. Exactly. And I didn't mean it to be like, sorry, you feel that way. Bye. Like yeah. I was still standing there and yeah, having yeah, yeah. a 15 minute fucking conversation in a very 
weird, awkward place. So yeah, I didn't mean it in that way, but I remember having this conversation and going, mm, that didn't come out how I wanted it to. <laughs> and that's a great sign of growth and, and self-awareness too, yeah. right? When you're in these conflicts, and can I also say that, sorry, I don't want to, this is on this topic, but it's also like, it's not owning other people's stuff to go, oh, something I did made you feel this way. Can you tell me more about it? I didn't have the language back then. I just, I kept trying to figure out where the person was coming from and I, could not because like I'm so logical sometimes and not again not everybody we all didn't have all these skills to explain ourselves or really understand what we were feeling and why we were feeling it and where it came from and what trauma and abandonment thing in our past that stems from because we all fucking have them we're not perfect in every conversation and every right. conflict that we face so while we say like language is really important what you do and the behavior and the tone that you use after or during is very influential. These phrases that we're talking about is not just like a one time where like you say it, you can accidentally say it in the heat of the moment, but it's yeah. what you do in that moment. You can say it. Well, actually, can I take that back? Can I try that phrase again? Can I try saying it differently? That's or saying like, actually, that's not what I meant. What I really meant is this. Right. So there are going to be times where you you may accidentally say some of these phrases. It's what you do afterwards. Mm -hmm. It's how you choose to stay and repair that incident with your partner or your friend or your coworker that is you know the goal of what our conversation is about mm, I love that repair that's a good word we haven't said that yet no we haven't but repair is a huge huge yeah. word it is it is so that's good I yeah like it. and it's recognizing that when there is conflict the goal is to repair Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's addressing and understanding. It's better understanding for both of us where I'm coming from, where you're coming from. How can we navigate these moments better so that one of us isn't left feeling abandoned or whatever disregarded, disregarded just empty, alone, whatever it might be like. We're like, we don't have a person to lean on in whatever way we need to. I wrote down like, we should consider calling this something other than a fight. Like, mm -hmm. we had a discussion. We, we had a disagreement. We had just, you can just say we had a talk about it. I was a listening. Conversation. I use a conversation. Like we had a difficult conversation. conversation. Mm -hmm. Dr. Alexandra Solomon said she has a couple who says the phrase they use is we bumped into each other. Oh, I like that. I know. I was like, that's really cute. I kind of like that. And like, it's important not to go into these discussions or conversations to, with the intent of winning or being the winner. Like, right. I think like, in my head, when, when I was it's reading not, that, I was like, it's not we a boxing should win match. together. Yeah. Winning is when we both have arrived at a place where we are comfortable and we have understood each other yes. and we have a plan for going forward. That's winning. So like go into it win, like with the goal to win with each other, not to be the winner. Right. There's no, you can't, one of you doesn't win. Yeah. That's not, that's no. just not that's, how it that's happens. That's both losing. <laughs> right. Yeah. You both lose. How you speak matters. We've talked a lot about tone. Um, for me, when people raise their voice with me, I am very alarmed. I am very like, I'm not as much anymore because I'm much more in control of that, that response, I guess, that trigger, that feeling. But when things get heightened around me, even when other people are fighting near me, I'm very like that fight, flight, freeze, fawn. I sort of like, I sort of freeze, to be honest with you. I'm like, oh God, what's happening? And like, I don't quite fawn and play dead. I would probably run. Then I would, I freeze probably and then flight. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm out of here. Bye. Um, so when people raise their voice with me, 
I'm better about it now. I'm thinking back to the last time somebody raised their voice with me when I thought we were just having a discussion about something. And I was really proud of myself, actually, because I was like, okay, you, you, like I'm feeling a lot of emotions coming up for you around this and I'm not sure where that's coming from. Do you think you can help me understand it? And they're like, no, it's not. And I'm like, well, your, your voice got really loud there for a minute. And that, that would indicate to me that there's a lot of emotion behind whatever is under this. And can like, so, you know, you got kind of loud, <laughs> like it was borderline yelling. So can we figure this out? Like, do you think you could figure this out? Cause I don't understand where that's coming from when I think we're having just a discussion about something. Yeah. I really appreciate the language that you have to express how you're feeling to help that other person work through that. Yeah. My my ex of 10 years was really good at that. One of the biggest lessons I've learned from that relationship is not to raise my voice. <laughs> I used to be the, the yeller. I used to be the yeller and I learned it from my mother oh. because every time we would get in an argument, the only way I could get her attention is to yell and raise my voice. Otherwise, she would never like recognize or acknowledge my feelings. This makes so, me think of something. Oh, yeah. Have you ever heard this technique of when someone gets loud with, with you, you go immediately. Very yes. Quiet. You do this. You can do this with patience. Yes, it's a technique very, that we use with quiet. little kids, actually. Yeah. Um, what you do is you get really close to their ear and you just talk very quietly. Oh, I think yeah. the next time anyone tried to start a disagreement <laughs> with me, I might do this whole, okay, so you, I need you to tell me a little bit more about what's happening. Yeah, nope, exactly. Uh, my my ex of 10 years, David, was very good at that. Yeah. And, uh, and so I can I see him being really, really good at that, actually, because yeah, he very, doesn't get like, no, he doesn't go off. He never in the he doesn't 10 go years zero to together, 90 never raised his voice at me he could get worked up he did but he never got but worked never up gets at, loud. Me, yeah, yeah. at me yeah but I would get worked up at him and I would yeah I that was one of my <laughs> biggest flaws I I had a temper when I was with him and I yelled all the time when I got upset about something or I would always and again at that time I was I was immature I didn't know how to I in didn't know 20s? the language yeah in my 20s I didn't know the language I didn't know how to handle myself I wasn't self-aware that didn't as have an I example that wasn't no. exactly yeah <laughs> so but because of that relationship, I feel like I'm a lot better. I've grown from that. And I I think in the last four years, uh, I've only raised my voice once during a conflict. And it wasn't even a conflict with someone else. And and in the moment, I could tell my voice was raised. Like I, I was raising my voice. And I, I turned to the person that I was at. And I was like, I'm not frustrated at you. I'm frustrated at myself. I'm just very frustrated at the situation. I know I'm yelling, but I'm just mad at the situation, not you. Okay, I'm not mad at you. I'm just mad at me and mad at the situation. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> if that just went off the chain on your volume. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> Turn your buds down. I should have done that beforehand. Uh, Miley's outdoor voice goes from like a 10 to a 14 when she gets worked up apparently but yeah so I was just, but i think that's only happened like once in the last point. no i could totally i mean you've said those things to me like or, yeah. or around me maybe when yeah. we've been having discussions about stuff not us having yeah. a conflict necessarily but like you've maybe just been venting about something you're exactly. like i'm not i'm just mad at myself like she'll like yell at herself and i'm like calm down i'm, I'm doing one of these phrases i'm like calm down <laughs> <laughs> um so the using i statements is yeah. really important when you're fighting don't finger point don't blame right. shame yes. victimize and then, right and that's why i say like i reckon like recognize yourself like recognize yourself <laughs> when you <laughs> no, like use your i words and let people know that like you're not yelling at them yes 
<laughs> and Dr. Alexandra, again, I'm going to go back to her again one more time, but she says that she has this little phrase that she noticed when couples were having disagreements, if they incorporated this phrase, the result was usually different. And the phrase that she says to incorporate into your conversation is the story I'm telling myself is. So it's like, when I'm hearing this and this is ha- this is happening, yeah. this is a situation and, da, 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 and and I'm getting, these are all the data that I'm taking in. The story that I'm telling myself is, da, 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 can you tell me where I'm going wrong? Yeah. Or can it. you help me through this? Like, what am I getting wrong here? I love that. And I it think- invites discussion. It invites participation. And that's what you want to do. You, you don't want this to be a one-sided, I'm right, you're wrong, me, me, me. It invites the other person to to practice empathy. Yeah. It invites the other person to better understand where you're coming from because when you come from a place that you better understand your partner, the goal is hopefully that you can communicate better and vice versa. You're mm-hmm. also hopefully inviting the other person to share the story they're telling themselves as well. And so if they haven't can- been able to understand their part in it, understand their part in it, understand their responsibility. Like you both have a responsibility here. Relationships in any capacity are a two way street. Both sides need to, both sides need to work together to make this bird fly. Like birds have two wings. If one's broken, you're just going in a fucking circle. (laughs) Yes. I mean, or airplanes, airplanes. I was just going to say Miley and your little bird too. (laughs) But I love that phrase. The story I'm telling myself, because that's the best way for you not only to be more aware of what you are feeling and how you think about what's going on, but it helps the other person too. Well, it also recognizes that our human brains are wildly and beautifully imaginative. (laughs) And based on all the data I'm gathering, the story I'm telling myself is this, like our thoughts can become emotions. So this story I'm telling myself is informing how I'm feeling right now. So here's the story I'm telling myself. This is, I'm explaining to you why I'm feeling the way I am. Please tell me where my story is fucked. (laughs) Like, please help me unfuck this story so that we can begin to feel better. I love it. Thank you. Another kind of tip or trick when you're in the moment having a conflict uh, discussion or conversation is knowing when you might be flooded with emotion and if there's that potential for stonewalling or shutting down or fight fight flight flight freeze freeze, fawn (laughs) and yeah flooded is a word that i thought of earlier and i totally forgot to put it on the list so i'm glad you did but recognizing when you're flooded with emotion and you may not be at your best to communicate is to kind of ask for a timeout oh yeah and so not only asking for a timeout but some couples will have a timeout like word or a phrase where it's like hot potato and it tells the other person like, okay, it's, it's, it's time for a timeout. Or some couples will use the name of their favorite restaurant or oh. Ben and Jerry's because that's what they like to eat. And so like using words that can lighten the mood so that it's not so heavy mm-hmm. and the other person knows that it's time for a timeout. But using phrases and words and names that are sentimental to the relationship that you have sentimental that's interesting i think i would not sentimental but probably i would probably use something that's like over the top like i would say i'm feeling very ace ventura right now or yeah yeah. (laughs) you know like i don't know i guess i never thought i think i've definitely practiced the word like i'm trying to think if i've actually been able to practice it but i know this like language of going 
I'm feeling very flooded right now. I need to take a second. Um, I've done that before. I don't think I've ever actually said the word flooded, but I've definitely been like, I need to take a minute. I need to think this through. And then we can come back and visit it, but I just need to pause right now. And what you said is actually really important too. Like it's one thing to kind of to recognize that you're flooded. Another thing to ask for a timeout. But the third and even you know, probably most important thing is to let your partner know that you will come back to talk about it. Yeah. Give me 10 minutes. Give me an hour. Mm-hmm. Give me a day. Yes. Can I just like, I don't like to, I don't like when things go unfinished, when you haven't resolved either person's feelings. Yeah. It's, it's not a good feeling for me. I agree. Yeah. I have to come back to it. I'm like, I'm fucking stuck here. I don't know where else to go. Like for me, I will be <laughs> thinking about it until I come back to 100%, talk about it. hundred percent. Same, same for Especially me. Especially like, obviously I open care tab. about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I care so much that that's why I'm so worked up. So I will be coming back to resolve this. I, I can't, I can't, I can't be okay until It's like this a little red siren yeah. on that open tab in my brain until I fix it. And it will cause a resentment if I don't. Another thing uh, about this is uh, when you are discussing and conversing, trying not to interrupt the other person. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this hot catchphrase. It's like, you know, listen to understand, not listen to respond. Oh, yeah. And when you are interrupting, you're indirectly, I don't know if that's the right word, but in a way you are taking the opportunity for this person to express their feelings completely away from that person. So you want to be mindful of your need or desire in the immediate moment to defend or interrupt. The person I'm dating right now can take, I am very fast, like witty, I'm fast, I'm quick. The words that I want to say come to my mind really quickly 98% of the time. Sometimes I'll stumble over the exact word that I want to use. And you've probably heard this on this podcast if you've listened to more than one episode. Um, But the person I'm dating right now takes like takes long pauses for words to come out. And sometimes I think they don't have anything to say. So I'll just keep going. And then so I've learned that that's this person. I I just have to shut the fuck up and wait because I know there's more coming. And if I just be quiet, they they'll. And if I don't, if I, inter- they'll go, sorry, I need to come back to that. Just, like I have the thought now, like they'll take real about anything. I mean, it could even be about everyday discussions, but like anytime we're having like a discussion about anything, it, I just have to sit and wait. I have had to learn so much patience. <laughs> I don't think of myself as a terribly impatient person, but I do move fast. Like things in my brain are like, go, 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 go. I'm often anticipating what, like part of my job is to anticipate people's needs and desires and where they're going next so yeah. I can prepare the time or space or whatever mm-hmm. it is I need to do for them. So I'm my brain is trained in that way. So I've had to learn to sit back and just wait for someone to tell me what they need. It's really interesting. I'm very similar to Mr. Boyfriend. <laughs> I and and that's why again one of the or one of the things that I love about this podcast it it, it does help me gather my words a little bit quicker than I usually do. But I think that's the practice of speaking, it right? Is. In my relationships or in my conversations, I tend to need extra time to really gather my thoughts and articulate them. So that's the, I think that's really wonderful that you have recognized that about Mr. Boyfriend and have, have you know, and re- realize that it wasn't that you're impatient. It just means that 
for this person, you need to you just need to be a little extra patient. Yeah, I just need to wait. Yeah, and wait. Yeah. Because for me, it happens very fast. So I just I my natural assumption is that okay we're done here or like okay next top check or okay da, 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 da. and they're like wait wait wait, 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 slow down i'm like oh we're still on that okay yeah. okay oftentimes <laughs> it's because i've been listening so intently to the other person that when they take a pause now i have to figure out and process what they just said so that i can come up with a response because while you were talking i was basically just listening and trying to follow you right <laughs> i also give you also esl so yeah exactly yeah. so I, I there's a there's a delay in my <laughs> translation of the words and analyzing and processing so oftentimes and then I have to I have to work backwards to get to what I'm going to say and so that's why like I'm going to need someone like you Mandy I don't notice a gap with you though no it's it's very very rare sometimes you'll go hmm and you like it's obvious that you're thinking about it I think on the phone it's not as obvious yeah I can tell by looking at you when you're considering what was said and that's very important in discussions and these conflicts and disagreements that we're talking about too that you listen and consider what the person is saying and you acknowledge what they're saying I think that's something I forgot to mention and I don't know if it's in your list so forgive me if I'm repeating but you want to repeat back what you're hearing as their concern or upset so that to make sure that you're interpreting it in the way that they're meaning to express it Exactly. And oftentimes that's what I'm trying to do. I'm actually trying to process what you just said so I can say it back in my own words to make sure I understand before I respond with like, oh, well, or even ask questions. Right. I I tend to ask questions to try to better understand before I come up with an opinion of myself. Like, like, let me make sure I understand the problem before we talk about solutions. Right. Exactly. So I've been like that a lot. Um, The other thing that is on my list is to try your best to stay focused on the issue at hand mm. and don't mm-hmm. bring up past transgressions. Nope. Not allowed to fight that way. Yeah. And that goes back to not using the inflammatory words like always and never because mm. now you're you're blaming and you're referencing a, a behavior that is like you're criticizing your person for uh, an ongoing behavior as opposed to the problem at hand. And so instead of like, you're actually, it's just coming to me now, when you refer back to past situations, in a way you might be criticizing your your person as Mm -hmm. opposed to like, it's not you and your person against this problem. It's you against your person now when you mm-hmm. do blame or use always and never statements and talk about past things focus at the yeah. focus on the issue at hand if you're bringing up old stuff you haven't been moving through the relationship mm-hmm. in a healthy way right if you have for 2 years let a behavior of a person putting their socks on the floor for pile up maybe for 3 days socks on the floor and you've let this go on for two years and then during some random discussion about something you're like well you always leave your socks on the floor like nope you're not allowed to do that if it's a problem with you 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 bring that up on its own like you say in a healthy way you know it would really i'd really appreciate it if you would not do that it makes me feel like you don't care about the fact that i work my butt off to keep this place clean you know what i mean like you have to come up with good ways to say it and you can't hold on to stupid stuff and then bring it up later and try to pile it on and in order in order to have more arrows to shoot and try to win your argument this isn't how this goes this is not healthy when you were saying that it 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 made me think of the word resentment Mm -hmm. because somehow or another you've built resentment over 
a behavior or a situation that took place in the past. So it definitely shows that you somehow haven't been able to help like move forward in a healthy way since that situation. So you may want to revisit, maybe not at that moment, but realize that something needs to be revisited so that you can move forward in a healthy way. Agreed. I think uh, another thing on my list was it goes along with making your I statements. But I like to say like I, I, I know the other day I had texted somebody a bunch of questions and it was very time sensitive. You a bunch of questions. <laughs> no, I know that rarely happens. Time sensitive. <laughs> it was time sensitive questions. And I hadn't heard from this person in like 12 hours past the time that I was able to make the changes that I needed to because of the hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, and it's someone that I text and talk with and converse with on a daily basis, multiple times during the day. And so the fact that I didn't hear from them for 12 hours was really concerning to me. So I communicated and I said, does it get concerning and irritating? Yes. And I explained that, <laughs> uh, I, you know, and my message to that person is like, I hope you're okay when I, you know, I haven't heard from you in 12 hours and I am worried. Yeah. On that same note, it's not okay for you to not respond to me after 12 hours on time-sensitive questions. Right. And then I ended up with saying, please let me know that you're okay, but know that I am worried and I'm not happy. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's fair. Yeah. Well, I don't know if, uh, yeah, I I, I was trying to I mean, I think it's fair to communicate that to a person, especially if, if you and this person rely on each other for X, Y, and Z. I mean... If you're communicating multiple times a day, if you're communicating daily with anyone and you clearly rely on each other for certain things and you ask questions that are of a time sensitive nature and I mean, shit happens and sometimes people are going to be like, I'm sorry, I fucked up. Like I completely, I just missed it. I just fucked up. It's fair. I totally understand you feel that way. Like, and that's exactly how I'll try to correct the behavior. That's exactly how this person responded. And I said, I, I, I didn't mean to say this for you to you don't feel owe bad. Me yeah, you or... don't owe me anything. <laughs> like, I just wanted to share with you that I felt that you, you know, abandoned me when yeah. I was depending on you for some time sensitive information. And even at the end of the day, like, yes, those questions it, we're way past that. I just want to make sure you're OK. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm worried. Like, my very first thing is I'm just worried. I want to make sure you're OK. So just let me know you're OK. Yeah. That's but, fair. Yeah. Realizing like instead of saying like, I am so mad at you. How could you not mm-hmm. respond to me? And how could you do this? And how do you like? So it's like a yeah. lot of verb like verbalizing and taking ownership. Like maybe you are OK and I'm sure you are OK. But just, I'm letting you know that I'm worried. Yes. It's concerning when I don't hear from you for X, yeah. Y and Z, especially when I've sent you. Yeah. Time sensitive right. questions. Do you, what do you think about ending these like disagreements, discussions, these bumping into each other's with. If it's an, typically you're going to schedule these things in person, right? You're not going to have discussions over text message. I should have mentioned that right. at the top of the episode. <laughs> we this should is, have done that. Yeah. Text message is not the appropriate way. You want to kind of schedule some time. Say, hey, can I schedule some time to talk with you about the thing the other day, X, Y, and Z? Like, I'd really like to hash it out. Find kind of a neutral ground. Mm-hmm. Have the discussion. Be calm. Make sure you you're slept. You're fed. You're, you know what I mean? You're hydrated. Not, right. None of the halt. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Like try to take care of your basic self needs going into these things so you can be a fresh mind and, um, you know, have your wits about you. But what do you think about ending them with like a hug, some sort of physical contact, something that like connects the two people? 
I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. And even throughout or during the conversation, touch can some of the research shows that touch like just reaching out and putting your hand on their elbow or Mm -hmm. their hand can reinvite someone to feel connected back to the conversation or connected back to you Mm -hmm. as you move along the conversation. Yeah. I'm a big fan of touch. I didn't really read anything about that. I just was curious. Like I did read it. It's on my list. I feel so I'm glad that you brought it up. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But yes. Yeah, I just feel like and closing it with like some sort of hug or some sort of hand holding. Maybe you just sit and sit with each other somewhere on a couch on a whatever and just kind of take it all in and let it go. Well, I'm right there with let you. It soak like, in. That's exactly how mm-hmm. I like to end a lot, especially conversations or bumping into each other situations mm-hmm. where it's with someone that is a partner or mm-hmm. a really good friend or even a coworker that I, you know, that I have that mutual respect for that. I'm like, Hey, I just, I need you to know that like at the end of the day, I want us both to be winners on this. Like I want yeah. us both to be comfortable with where we're ending this mm-hmm. and that if we need to continue talking about it, let's keep doing that. Yeah. I like that. I like this. Mm-hmm. Thank you for this episode. Thank you. I love this episode. This was great. It was very therapizing. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to, again, it's good to flex those muscles. It's good to remind ourselves of the things that we want to stay away from. It's good to remind ourselves of the behaviors we want to inhabit, to just to remind ourselves of habits. It's, oh yeah, drink a lot of water, do my exercise, communicate clearly, don't blame, don't shame, blah, 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 blah. It's just good to remind ourselves sometimes. I like that we had this, them fighting words. Them fighting words. So hopefully you all picked up a few better ways to have discussions. And when you bump into your person, maybe scratch some of the old styles off your list and things not to do or things to apologize for later. Yeah. Oh, that was a big thing too. Being open to apologizing, even if you know that that wasn't your intention mm-hmm. to for the other person to feel something. Right. Appreciate y'all being here with us today. We are on Instagram at woman get in all one word. You can find some videos of ours on YouTube. If you search for the channel woman get in, you can find us on Facebook, although we are not super, super active in our Facebook community. But I mean, hey, hit us up there. Maybe we can be. And uh, I'm not on Twitter. So <laughs> drop it. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Why you got to bring up old shit? <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time. Love you. Love you too.